Hey guys, before we get started, Matt, you, you okay, buddy? No, I don't want to record today. You don't want to record today, man. It's it's our Sunday. This is what we do. We record. We, we launch pad. What, what's going on, man? Why, why are you so bummed out? You sound you sound really. My nerd heart is broken. You know oh. what this week is. <sighs> no, but now you reminded me. I don't want to record either. I'm like legitimately bummed out. Like I'm not in a good mood because it's Comic Con. I know. And as dude, you can see, I'm home. Dude, dude. We're going to have to talk about it. But like, you know the term FOMO? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Fear of missing out. Um, Yeah, dude, I'm feeling that hard. I'm so full of FOMO. a couple of FOMOs right now. <laughs> I look sad. like a sad Jedi. If you're not watching on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> you look like a sad Jedi who like killed a bear. <laughs> like you're so fussy right now. Yeah, I was going for like sad, depressed, uh, listening to sad music with like towels over, like uh, blankets over my head. Dude. So yeah, yeah uh, this bummed. this week is the Comic-Con FOMO episode because we missed out on Comic-Con and it fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. So uh, today we're just going to lament about that. Um, I'm pissed off about a couple other things. So this will be a big pissy whiny. <laughs> this is our PMS episode. episode. <laughs> we're all pissed off. All right, guys. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod on our website, launchpadpod.com. Follow us on YouTube. Check out our videos. See the tears glistening, wetting our cheeks with just sadness. It's not funny, Rumi. Don't make, don't profit off of our tears. <laughs> I'm upset. And I can't find my fucking coffee. So there's that now, too. Damn it. See, you're drinking coffee. I'm cracking a beer. Let's do this. For real. What the fuck did I do with this? Ignition sequence start. Six, five. Welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. Could this day get any worse? <laughs> Sundays, am I right? Oh, God. We got a mad case of the Sundays. I'm mad. So, yeah, it's it's Comic-Con week, man. And like, I'm just watching from afar. And I have a whole list of things that I'm like, I missed that. Oh, I fucking missed that. Damn it. We missed that. And like a bunch of my friends went and they're sending like pictures and videos and stuff. And it's like, Goddamn, looks like I'm fun. on a uh, Facebook message gr- like thread of like, hey, you guys want to meet at this hotel and grab some drinks? Yeah, let me show you the art hall that I got. Oh, yeah, you guys going to this panel? And I'm not on Facebook all day, but every time I look on, it's like, you have six messages. And I'm like, ooh, is it about that art deal I'm working on? Is it about that famous person I'm reaching out to for an interview? It's like, nope, it's all these things that I want to be going to well, and I can't. And because we are press. <laughs> professional and press um i get all these like hey do you want to meet these fuckers do you want to go to this panel and get special access to this bullshit yeah. hey. you want to talk to justin roland yeah i do yeah yeah i do i really do but fucking no because we're not there because normally we get the time i get the time off and i can hop on a plane and fly down and spend the whole week because the walking dead yeah the walking dead panel had a bunch of announcements this week i was like cool cool that's awesome thanks guys but like right off the bat, like yesterday I had this moment where like I saw an announcement and it threw me in this like tailspin of like just here's what happened. 
basically Marvel dropped their like phase five and phase six announcements. And it was like, again, I'm kind of like over the whole Marvel thing, but in phase six, they announced a Fantastic Four reboot, new comics and new movie. And I was like, 16 year old me is jumping up and down like fucking 38, 30. And how old am I? 38 year old, 37 year old me is like Marvel. I'm, I'm not there to be excited. Also, you've conditioned me to not care anymore. So I just don't care. Like part of me, the inside, my inner child's like, fuck yeah, yeah, you love this shit. Cause I'm the only person I know who likes Fantastic Four, who has ever read any of the comics. I don't know how they've lasted this long. <laughs> but then again, 38 year old me is like, I only care about it if it's about me or my child or something I make. So really, what's the what's the what's the what's the term? It's like narcissistic, uh, but also nihilistic. So it's like, I don't give a shit unless it's about me. So it's like, well, Niall are statistic. Niall, Yeah. It's uh, that's how I feel right now. So it's like, unless it's about my podcast, my kid, something I've written or some shit that I'm doing. Fuck you, Marvel. Thanks. <laughs> real cool. Marvel. Real cool. So yeah, that, that's um, what put so me in a tailspin are you- right there not going because of not being able to get the time off from work. Is that the main reason you're not there? Yeah, that, yeah. If if I had the time off, I would have thought about it. Again, how many of my friends are going to come back from San Diego Comic Con racked with COVID and like sick for a week? But like, right, that's why I'm not going. But I had it, and it sucked. But it's like I've been boosted. I do the best I can. So it's like I don't know. Would it be worth it? The last time I got COVID, I went to a bitchin' wedding in New York. That was like, well, I didn't die. Nobody else I knew died. So worth it. We all, everybody got like, like 60 people got coped. I remember. Yeah. I remember when they told me that, <laughs> but, um, but the, it was almost worth it, you know, fucking great. <laughs> That's the only reason I'm not going. Um, I don't have anything huge at Comic-Con this, this year. I mean, there was plenty of panels and people and art and artists and booths that I would have loved to go see specifically but I purposely didn't cast the interview net out too wide. I went after some huge big fish to see if it would happen. And if that happened, I would have went, but it was just like, uh, I just spent a lot of money on a big deal and a bitch and predator statue. So I don't know, like it's not hurting me to not spend money on hotels, but for me, there was nothing specifically drawing me there except the overall nerd experience. It just, it's almost like if you were pretty Catholic and the week before Christmas, you decided you as like an adult decision, right or wrong. As an adult, you were like, you know what? I'm not going to do Christmas this year. But you saw the parade on NBC. Everybody's houses are decorated. You go on social media and you see pictures and videos of everybody opening their presents. I mean, just the pictures of people that I know holding other people that I don't know who aren't even famous, just their friends on the floor, the exhibit hall. It's just like, fuck, man, like that is my weekend. You know what I mean? Those are like some of the most fun four days in the entire year for me. Uh, I always joke that if I died and woke up at Comic-Con, I wouldn't know where I went. It's, <laughs> it is it is in those same four days, heaven and hell for me. There's There's at least... The, the, the three times that I've gone, there's always a moment where I'm like, this is hell. I'm in hell right now. This is the worst thing I could possibly, <laughs> like there's too many people. Um, like I've tweaked my knee. My knees always give out at Comic-Con for some reason. They're like, Hey, I'm just, I picked this week to stop working. We we're going on strike. Fuck you. Or like my shoe, like I buy new shoes to like, so I can stay on my feet all day. That's a terrible idea. Who, who, whoever, like never buy new shoes to, to start 
standing on your feet all day, but I always do something to hurt myself. And like, <laughs> cousin Mike like, was like, well, I'm going to run to the, the drugstore and get you a knee brace. And I was like, thanks cousin Mike. <laughs> cousin Mike, dude, cousin Mike didn't go either. So for those of you uh, who listen, but don't know our Comic-Con deal, I have a cousin, Mike, who lives on the East Coast. He and I are super different. We don't really have a ton of stuff in common, except growing up, we both played sports. So anytime we had family, he's like an extended cousin. Anytime we had a family get together, he and I would just kill it with sports. And he's the nicest guy in the world. And then when I moved out to California, I put something about comics on social media. And he was like, wait, you like comics? I was like, yeah, you like comics? And we never knew that each other was nerds in that regard. And then since then, he just be, we became the Comic-Con cousins. And because I can get in, I've gotten him into Comic-Con, I think, every single year, except one year he couldn't come. And he's just the fucking man. And we've just we've been on a lot of adventures at Comic-Con, right? Yeah. Let's he, talk. He, you want to talk about some of that? Want to talk about? I do. I do. He's become our he became our unofficial roadie or official roadie. Official. I don't know. Yeah. He's like <laughs> he's our and official roadie. He's just he'd be like, what can I carry? You want me to carry that tripod? All right. Like, so well, I think because I'm like, take his picture while we hang out with Kevin Eastman. <laughs> that's the thing is, I think the first year it was either the first or the second year he came was when I was hosting Geek Out for you. So Rumi had this idea to make this show called Geek Out that was like a news magazine show about nerd stuff. Well, and here, he got me. That, yeah, let me let me pit, let me set that up a, a little bit more. So I remember you calling me and pitching this to me. So so there was a network that was trying to get off the ground and they were looking for content and they were like, any content, what, what do you got? And I was like, I want to pitch this. And they're like, shoot a pilot. We don't care how rough it is. Just show the proof of concept. And, you know, we're, we're looking to do it. And so that's what we did. I was like, all right, I, I got a little bit of money together, a very little bit of money. And we got some people and I was, it was from day one. It's like, Matt's got to be one of the hosts. And I got Matt and this awesome cosplayer named Valerie, who um, she does. She's like very well known in the, in the Wonder Woman cosplay. So again, she does lots of cool cosplay, but, and, and we, she was on board and they went down to Comic-Con and did like some interviews and it was awesome. Like that's footage, the thing is like, you know? she, she was cool and had a lot of nerd cred. Not only did she look like Wonder Woman and had a great body and was good at cosplaying but like she had the nerd cred to back it up she could talk about video games she could talk yeah. about action figures whatever yeah. and you and i if you wrote a whole script for us to talk about different things and pose different questions about who would be our nerd sensei sensei would it be master splinter or would it be spock i think we had something with like two different you know franchises fighting each other all these different things and we shot it in front of a green screen in an apartment and you know all these different news things where where we would be what what our our our, our themed nerd themed bedroom would look like was one yeah. of them and comic-con happened to be i think the week or the weekend after that and valerie and i were both going so after we shot all that she and i were like let's meet up at comic-con for a day and we'll just shoot some, you know, B-roll and some stuff that we can cut to from the talking heads that her and I were doing. Right. And she's like, oh, that's cool because I'll have my own cameraman. Sweet. Yeah. Your own cameraman had a fucking steady cam rig. Remember that? Yeah. The whole setup. He had like lobs, cameras, everything. And now awesome. this is where like I will never win the lottery. I will never win money. But I'm the luckiest person in this kind of stuff. Like yeah. this Comic Con is like where I am lucky. So her and I hook up, uh, hook up at the con. We don't actually hook up. She wasn't that lucky. 
Um, <laughs> we got this guy who's got a fucking alien smart gun camera, right? So he's got great shit. We're walking around and we're just doing random on the spot interviews with whoever we can find. And we walk by one of the movie prop booths. I think it was uh, Profiles in History's booth. Profiles in History, yeah. And they had all these bitchin' Watchmen costumes, but they also had a King Kong hand with Jessica Lange's costume on it from the 76 King Kong, which we had specifically referenced, I had said would be my bed for the theme that we... So it's like we randomly said this shit and we walk into Comic-Con and there's a fucking display in a booth there. So we got in there, we talked to them, we got to shoot around it, shoot in front of it, and it was like friggin' awesome. And now I'm pretty sure this is Cousin Mike's first, if not second, Comic-Con. And it's like, hey, by the way, we're not going to get to like walk around the panels and shit today, but we're going to do all these interviews. And then we bump into... Uh, we're, we're interviewing a cosplayer and behind us, there's a booth called Made, uh, Made Fire, Mayfire and they're doing online uh, digital streaming comic book content. Yeah, this was before comics were even like online, really. This was like, yeah, yeah it, it was yeah. A, it was its own thing. And they, it was an indie label kind of that was putting stuff up. And who is at their booth? Dave fucking Dave Gibbons. fucking Gibbons. Yeah. And. While Valerie is doing an on-camera interview with this cosplayer that she knows, I'm standing behind the guy with the steady rig and the guy from Mayfire comes up and he's like, hey, would you guys come and interview us at our booth? And I'm like, yeah, sure. He's like, we have Dave Gibbons. And I was like, fuck yeah, we'll come and interview you at our booth. So we got to do that. I got to fucking meet Dave Gibbons, talk to him. I was literally in the process of an art deal for an original Watchmen piece at that time that was published. in Which is now on your wall. And I and so like we did it and I got to tell him that. And he said, you know, I'm a big nerd. He told me about his favorite piece that he eventually tracked down. And it was just so it's it's one of those. And this happens a lot to me at Comic-Con where I'm like, I cannot believe that this is happening. Like what luck that these three things just happened in the last four minutes to get me to this spot. That was the one where you met up with the famous monsters and filmland guys, which opened a lot of doors. Absolutely. For us. Yeah, that's like, right. That's right. They gave me and Valerie T-shirts. I was just looking at pictures woo. of that the other day. It was just, you know, and then so friggin cool. Mike is just like, oh, so Comic-Con is when we do all these interviews and we meet the cre- one of the creators of Watchmen. And it's like and I remember being like, it's probably not going to be like this every time, but it's pretty much been like that every, every time. time. Yeah. The podcast is, has let us like talk to some ridiculous people and meet ridiculous people and do ridiculous things and just be like podcast. We got podcasts and people are like, oh, I guess you can do ridiculous shit. Fucking go for it. Host, we've hosted three, I think panel? two yeah. live and one pan, uh, pandemic panel for some, famous monsters. Yeah. Hosting panels. Yeah. I want to do that. Um, gone to some cool panels, talked to some awesome people. Um, one of my, so, but before we get too far away from it, what, what ended up happening with that show was, so then I take it back, I package it together and they're like, great, great, great. We love it. Okay, cool. We're going to do it, but we want to control the casting. We want to hire some famous people. And I was like, oh, and they're like, so you're going to have to tell your, your host that we're going to fire them. I was like, oh. and that's a heartbreaker <laughs> that broke my heart to do. And I do it. And then like two weeks later, they're like, oh, well, the uh, network, we, we ran out of money and we're suing each other. So we're, it's not, it's like, that was two weeks ago. You, you probably knew that this was going to happen. Right, you, right. You, you made me deliver bad news to two people that are my friends and then fold. 
Like you had to have known you were folding before that. You could have just said, okay, cool. We're going to sit on it. And then just didn't just don't. It was my fault. I was double dipping, trying to get more money. I was the famous person they wanted. And they came back to me and I was like, $4 million, bitch. They were like, nope. Nope. Like, oh, and they get, so, so ridiculous. But like, that's just, that's, that's been my Hollywood experience is like, I'm on the verge of something cool. And then people are like, well, actually we're going to, we're going to. That show was pretty that. cool though. I was proud of it. And I would have to think that you were immensely proud of it. Cause you did yep. so much for it. Like you yeah. made a lot from nothing. I, yeah. Me and my buddy, Ryan Wilmot, um, we produced a show. We produced it. We put it out. It's, you know, it was fun. It was cool. And it was a good thing to do. And I'm, I'm proud that we did it. I'm just, so bummed with like the end result of where it went. But <laughs> because of that, I was like, you know, look, I, I don't want to have to produce something every time. It's a nightmarish amount of work. So let's do a podcast. And like that, that put me on the like, how do I make something with Rumi? How do I keep making things with Rumi? And that, that definitely was a genesis of the podcast, like sort of the proto proto podcast, the proto launch pad, if you will. Um, but it was all, yeah. I wanted to call it the launch pad. Nobody would let me do it because they're like, this doesn't make any sense. It's too, People too still insane. tell me that for the podcast. They're like, your podcast is great. That's not a great name. And I'm like, it's I, the fucking launch pad, bro. I, I every time I understand I from it. a marketing standpoint, but I mean, come on, it's it's fucking awesome. The graphic you made is awesome. I like the awesome. colors. Yeah, you know, but what else am I calling it? You know, the the, the geek cast the nerd out podcast, nerd nerding out. everywhere. Yeah, it's you know it 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 fits us. So yeah, let's talk about. So then after that, I was like, "There's no way I'm not going to Comic Con. I have to go. Like, I got to do this." So the next year, um, I wasn't on Walking Dead yet, but I was like, "I got to go." And you and I went out there, and I had the I had the big recorder. It was like the big shoulder bag recorder with the the microphones and all the wires, and we're tangled mm -hmm. up. And my favorite thing that we did, my and it's a four part series. You can find that on on the internet. Oh yeah, 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 that was a good year. Um, one of my favorite ones that we did was the day we interviewed all the people who didn't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Probably one of the biggest strokes of genius. Um, I, I think you had, but but yeah, we, we, set set that up, set that up. So we're looking here. We're in line for something. We're like we're all giddy and having a great time, and then we're like, look at that bus driver. He is not having any fun. That bus driver is miserable. Oh, man. I mean, he's getting paid to be here, and he obviously hates this. And then we're like, look at that security guard. That person does not want to be here today. This is like a Saturday, and they're just getting paid to, to be here and like babysit these dorks. And they have to be like, move along. And the dorks are like, nah, make me. Nah, nah, nah. That's me, actually. I'm the one who's being like, yeah. make me. But I need to go to the bathroom before I go see uh, fucking Frodo. Yeah. Um, and there's like, you know, there's a lot of marketing people who are paid to be there, like at booths. It's like, hey, um, I'm trying to sell you enterprise credit cards or That's a, yeah. rental cars. And it was just like two young, cute girls wearing Transformer T-shirts with different Transformers on them. Yeah. With a, they were doing an enterprise Transformers promo. So I like flirted with them. I was like, oh, yeah. Which one's your favorite? She's like, uh, this one. And I was like, do you know what his name is? She's like, oh, no, I don't know anything about this. Really? And that got you, me thinking. Yeah. yeah. And it turned into a like a. Let's talk to the people who are paid to be here, who don't want to be here. They have to be here. This is their job today. They're at work and we are crashing their work in spectacular fashion. And it was so funny because you're like, so are you into nerd stuff? And some people would be like, well, I mean, there's so much of it here and it's intriguing. And some people are like, no, this is dumb and I don't want to be here. And you guys, yeah, like, I'm just here like, till six. This yeah. is my job. You guys are like, you motherfuckers are sleeping to watch a trailer that's going to be on YouTube in 10 minutes. Like, just because you want like, you slept on the street of San Diego 
like a homeless person because you wanted to see a trailer 10 minutes and you bought other a 600 dollar hotel room stay for the night you're just choosing not yeah. to use that yeah yeah you yeah you wanted to sleep on the street so you could see a trailer 10 minutes before <laughs> everyone else i don't get it i don't get it at all but my favorite my favorite had to be the lady guarding the door yep um because like we tried to go out a door and they were like i'm sorry sir you can't go that way and we're like okay wait do you want to talk and she was like yeah i guess and her name is maria i think and she was telling us about getting like arrested in mexico and like yeah, you're she, right <laughs> she was like but who is iron man and we're like what do you mean but she's like but like who is do we know his identity and i'm like the real iron man and she's like wait he's not real <laughs> and you're like oh no <laughs> i jumped through so well we took pictures of her like pulling you back from a door she was yeah. super cool and then it got to the point where like she asked a question about iron man and i started explaining the comic well he's a billionaire and he has this yeah, suit yeah, yeah. and she's like but is it based on a real guy and i was like like immediately because i love doing this to people i was like absolutely like obviously the comics are more embellished but there was a man in real life who was so rich and i tell this whole fucking thing and then i see rumi is listening and i think like are you listening and you're believing half of this and i could see in your face that you were kind of on the fence too well i was like racking my brain like wait wait math always full of shit but he's so, he's so convincing like he's he's always doing this I, I i didn't i didn't buy it but i was also like wait is he referencing something that like obviously there isn't an iron man but is he referencing like a william randolph hearst is like some guy so like no i think i would have heard that <laughs> That was that was a good one. That was, that was fucking funny. We fucking also terrible. didn't we did weren't we doing something <laughs> in a more highbrow moment? Were we doing something with farts? Oh, oh! Someone we were, farted in our face or something. Yeah, we walked sitting, by us. We were sitting in the hall because, like, you know, again, my feet gave out or whatever. I have incredibly flat flat feet, so if I have to walk around a bunch, like my arches give out, and then I'm like in horrible pain. So we were sitting on the floor, just whipping out the podcast gear because that was that was the coolest thing about the about the Comic Con is. If you're tired and you need to take a break, just pop the squad on the floor and whip out the yeah. podcast. Game yeah, and that's start right. Talking. And like we, we did this multiple times where we just like found a quiet, uh, quote unquote, quiet corner to start talking shit. And we we're sitting there and this guy walked past and just like, ripped the duck. <laughs> right as he walked past us and our head was like ass level. And yeah, he and Aaron and I both heard it. Both heard it. Like, I think it's on. You can catch it on the microphone. Like it, it was it was just <laughs> it was a cacophony. Of of crass ass, and it was um, it was, it, and then and then from that that's point a podcast on, name right there, cacophony <laughs> of crass ass. Okay. So from that point on, we were just like um, embellishing what people were saying as they would walk by and fart on us. Like, look at, these, <laughs> look at these two boys with microphones. Wonder what they're talking about. Doesn't matter. We fart on three, two, one. <laughs> on like, my way to Hall H to watch the new trailer <laughs> drop. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking great it was so funny and like again we had a really good time we got to do some cool shit uh met some cool people again like every year we go we um have somehow landed a great interview with kevin eastman the creator of the ninja turtles mm -hmm. and um and david avalone uh who is like one of the co-writers of, of some of the ninja turtle stuff and also does the elvira comic and ben bishop writer of the ninja turtles but like every year like it escalates like to the point where he's like oh hey what's up guys like I don't, I don't know if he knows our names, but he knows us enough. Yeah, he like, recognizes us for you sure. Guys, yeah. Hey, you guys, I talk to you every year. And, and he's, he, dude, did you see on, on this year, he did the flashback scenes for what happened to the Ninja Turtles. So essentially the death of the Ninja Turtles in yeah. the, the last, last Ronin. Ronin. Yeah. He's going to be in a new book that was just announced, I think yesterday about 
the lost years. So the years where they right before the last Ronin and also NECA is not only making last Ronin figures, but they're making figures of the four turtles as you know, like in their last throws, which are his designs. So he has NECA action figures. So it can be like Raphael filled with arrows. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if he's filled arrows, but I saw him in the armor and he's like all roided out. Like it looks very body count ish. Um, Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But oh, speaking of body count, I finally finished my body count display. I have I got the Raphael uh, Casey Jones two pack and I painted Casey Jones to have the cool American flag, American flag mask. And I just ordered the McFarlane like uh, mega weapons pack that they they released for spawn or something. Yeah, yeah. a bunch of big guns. And I I put them in Raphael like Raphael's holding these big guns down. He's like, ah. Jumping in, and I have them on these cool like levitating stands that are, like make it look like they're flying, so they're like falling through the window for the famous panel of them like falling. Oh, that's pretty cool. The guns, <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, and I painted like Casey J. Like they match; they look really good. Like it looks like they're from the movie. It's like body count toys. Um, I love doing little custom things like that when it's not too hard. Um, but yeah, that, uh, yeah. So we end up talking to Kevin Eastman, and <clears throat> not the first year, but one year we went and we got him to sign our body count covers. Our, our body count books. I think that that wasn't the first year. That was the second year. Second year, yeah. That was, that was not only year. did we get to sign, like not only did we get to do it to sign stuff, but Courtney, his wife, and I don't know if she's his manager technically, but she's somewhere high in his company. She had us cut this whole line, which is oh, pretty fucking. Cool. And everybody like, was just, mad about it. Yeah, everybody yeah. was really mad. And we're like, no, no, it's cool. We're we're doing a thing, and they were like, mm. we're like, it's like a guy who worked there was like, hey, you can't cut. I was like, uh, Courtney says we can. <laughs> But yeah, we, we, we had interviews with him, um, always doing stuff for the Famous Monsters, which I guess Famous Monsters got sold and somebody else bought it. We got to see if they're cool. We got to we gotta hook up with them. That was that was a fun corroboration that corroboration and collaboration that happened. And then they called us one year and we're like, hey, can you guys take over our podcast for a couple of weeks? And we were like super excited, but also shitting ourselves. But then we just had so much fun with it. And I think. We did a good enough job because then they kept asking us to moderate panels and work with them and yeah. do some stuff with them. That was super. I mean, we have really done some really fucking cool stuff. Really cool stuff. And, um, you know, getting to see all the cool cosplay. Uh, we play this game uh, that Matt taught me. and It's called uh, You're Winning. That's where you just walk up to somebody <laughs> in a bitch and cosplay and you just say, you're winning. And then like, and it's got, they have to win. They have to be beaten whoever we said it to last time. So yeah. like Ludo from the Labyrinth was winning. But then we saw a guy who had a homemade beast from X-Men costume. And I would say that was better than Ludo. So you then you say you're winning, but you you, you don't throw it around. It's got to no, be. No, no, no. It's uh, real one shit. Of my, one of my favorite ones that we saw was uh, this might have been a WonderCon. So this might not count, but I still got to talk about it. Uh, it was a guy in a X-Men 97, like the old 90s X-Men cartoon. Um, he was in a Sentinel costume. Yeah. On Sentinel costume. And he had the original like X-Men figures like affixed to it. So they looked like they were fighting him. Yeah. Like tiny cool. little X-Men figures fighting a giant Sentinel. And I was like, that is so clever. He won. Uh, we saw this awesome fairy that had like a robot mask and like wings that would open and close and the eyes would move around. The mouth oh, moved. that's right. That's like, right. Like it was like with, with yeah, the, the eyes were remote controlled. So you, you could look at the, the eyes were following you. It was well done. Impressive. Uh, one of the ones my- <laughs> probably not the best one, but like made us laugh was we were walking down. I was like, oh, my God, turn around, turn around. And me and Matt, like, he's like, what is it? What is it? I was like, somebody was just Buffalo Bill, but naked Buffalo Bill. And That's on a- my Facebook feed today and it's me and him and it's he's in just flesh colored shorts 
He's got long curly hair and he's got that like robe open kimono, and he's standing yeah. with his, his feet together or his knees together. And I wrote, <laughs> would you cosplay? I'd cosplay so hard. <laughs> would you cosplay as me? I'd cosplay me so hard. Yeah, that was hysterical. Um, the the <laughs> Bob's Burgers dressed as a as one of the bronies. Yeah, that was good. Uh, that was, that really was we did a kid interview that day. Remember that? Yeah. There was a little it. tiny little boy or a little like in a stroller. Yeah. And they wanted to play with the microphone. We were like, fuck it. We interviewed because the whole family yeah. was in, in Bob's costumes. Right. I just watched the Bob's Burgers movie. How was it? It was good. I, I laughed. Amanda and I kind of fell off like a season or so ago. Not mm-hmm. really the show's fault. We just you, stopped. You absolutely do not need to be up to date with the show to watch. The yeah, movie. yeah. I figured. I figured that would be the movie is just an hour long episode. Yeah, of the episode. Show. Um, yeah. Uh, Gail's not in it, so perfect. No notes. <laughs> so the first year I ever went to Comic Con. I was actually working for Nickelodeon. A buddy of mine was producing some Nickelodeon stuff. And he was like, listen, we need to hire a local intern as part of our contract. Just literally like we're going to have, you know, talent in our booth and we'll be taking pictures. So I just need you to chase people and get releases. He's like, it'll be like four or five hours of that a day. And, you you know, I'll get you a hotel, get you everything else. You can come. And then the rest of the day is yours. You could do whatever. So I went there by myself my first year. And I did that. And, you know, the Nickelodeon shit was funny as hell. Number one, it tells you when it was numerous people came up to me not to ask if I had one wipeout, but to say, were you on my cat from hell on Animal Planet? (laughs) Like, I'm telling you, like six people. I was like, and taking pictures and shit. I was like, really? And and like, I've since done bigger things. And even then, I thought Wipeout was a bigger deal. Nobody asked me about that. Um, Are you the ginger ninja? That's so funny. I didn't really, I don't think I was, collect, I was not collecting original art yet. Yeah. Um, I, I was into comics, but you know, there's just so much there. So I had two or three hours a day after work to kind of walk around the floor. So I was doing that and shit. I saw Thomas Jane. He was walking around with no shoes, which I determined was Janeing. So now to this day, if I ever see someone in public with no shoes, that's called Janeing. <laughs> uh, I, I took pictures of that. And you know, Rumi, and I think we've talked about it on the show before, I'm wearing gym shorts right now, but if I'm wearing cargo pants, which is my normal going out pants, I usually have my utility belt on. I have a multi-tool, a flashlight. I used to have a cell phone holder. And then if I was going somewhere, I would have a digital camera on there too. In my, I always have um, a, a first aid kit, a pad and a pencil, water bottles, usually some sort of food, all in my cargoes. I'm like fucking predator. I have everything I need for, for any sort of hunt, right? So that year, I was like, I'm going to take utility belt pictures. So it was me and Boba Fett, me and Batman, me and Cable, whoever I saw that had utility belts or pouches, we were taking point, we were pointing and I took dozens of pictures of that. Some of them are pretty funny, but through the years, I changed different things. There was one series I did called Tired Nerds. And it was, I would just take pictures of sleeping idiots anywhere, like sleeping on the steps outside, sleeping on the floor in line. I was just taking pictures of these nerds sleeping, which is, I didn't think about it till later, but probably looked pretty creepy to anybody watching. <laughs> hey, nerd, you tired? <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is wonderful. Um, and then the, the first year that you took me, we went to the um, comic book civil defense fund or whatever it's called always comic book legal defense fund yeah yeah. you took me to the auction and that was wild um i ended up with a piece i got it right here 
here's my here's what I got it on my wall. It's my it's my uh, 28 days later original art. And and the thing awesome. was, I was like, oh, I I have about I have about 100 bucks that I'm willing to spend on this. And um, uh, you you got to be fast when you are flipping those paddles because <laughs> they're like 100 bucks. Where are we going? And I was like, boo. And they were like 100 150. I was like, well, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> like, so it was more than I wanted to spend on it, but I'm happy with it. It's a good piece. Cool, man. It's original art. And I think it's it's very fitting for you. If you guys didn't just watch the YouTube or, or if you're not watching the YouTube right now and saw Rumi just show the page, it's like a three, a four or five panel page of, of horizontal panels of a zombie horde approaching camera. And it just I think it's a very good single out of context page for you to have. Um, that auction is one of my favorite things to go to. I go every year i would absolutely go to the auction again i'm not into collecting the original art like you are i appreciate it though and i love going and i love looking through it so mm -hmm. i would go to that because here's the thing we were there and there was a frank miller piece and he went for a lot of money and mm -hmm. we were sitting next to this guy who was bidding and he was bidding against like i don't know some lady in a wheelchair who you, who'd you call she, we call her martha martha wayne because there's a family we me and my cousin mike call the waynes and they come in with deep pockets every year and just boom, 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 pull those pieces down. And sometimes, like in this case, two people start bidding over one piece and everybody else just stands back and watches. That's it's like 7,000, 8,000. And you're just Dude. fucking clapping, man. That's just yeah. Cool. What did the, I think that went for 17 grand. And when it yeah, was like, it it, when it was like 15, six, like, and, and it starts slowing down a little bit where people are like, ah, and the guys look at me and room, you're like, do it. Dude. yeah that's right because he's looking around he's looking around like should i do it guys and everybody's like do yeah it. Dude, get that spend shit. your money <laughs> <laughs> right yeah <laughs> not my money do it dude and he got this frank miller piece which is just it's awesome and like there was original ec comic pieces like covers from the last um, couple of years they did Tales it they Crypt. the last couple of years they did it they had uh i can't remember his name now <laughs> Gabriel, whatever the the artist from Lock and Key, and he was live doing a giant easel piece from Lock and Key, and then at the end of the night they auctioned that one off. And yeah, it was cool because really you cool. got to check in with him and watch it. You could look over his shoulder. It's just a fun ass night. Um, it used to be kind of co-repped by IDW. I'm not sure if it still is, but when it was, there was I don't know if it was the year you were there, but there was a year they had a bunch of dinosaurs attacks comic pages from the yeah. new comic and i went up to this guy who turned out to be the president of idw at the time and i walked up to him and i was like listen i don't know if you know but this is based on a old card series you don't happen to know where the card art is and he's like i have most of it i was like get the fuck out i was like i'm a huge fan i've been looking developed a friendship with this guy i've now since bought a couple cards from him and like, literally, like I called him the other day to bit, uh, you know, to bullshit about art. Like we're literally friends now. And it's just like one of those Comic-Con things where like I went down to IDW to buy card art off this guy. He then told me, gave me a tour of IDW. We went out to lunch and we're friends now. And it's like, that's fucking Comic-Con, you know? And I, I yeah. like, I love that shit. I love it. It's so fun. Um, the last year that I went, uh, I had a big I was on Walking Dead and it was a big season because I designed a logo for Walking Dead. That's right. And they used it in all of the promotional material. And Walking Dead is a huge sponsor of Comic-Con. They put a ton of art up and like like elevators will have Walking Dead stuff all over it. And they, they do a big deal. And so like to see something that you drew plastered everywhere and then you walk into Hall H, which is 
If you've never been there, it's undescribably large. It's the largest room I've ever walked to into my in mm. my life. It is airplane hanger after airplane hanger. Thousands and thousands of people can fit in there. And like they have these giant movie theater sized screens all over the place. And it's like your art, boom, bigger than life, three stories tall, that thing that you drew. And it's like, that's amazing. And then to like get to see people actually be excited because most of my interaction with the fans of walking dead it's either people who are like i'm obsessed or it's like people like you suck why are you still on the air fuck this blows why are you like quit trying kill yourself like there's no in between (laughs) so to see real fans who want to be there to be excited about the thing that you're working on was like pretty magical and to Mm. see the trailer drop that you worked on that you put a lot of work into that you did vfx for that you put a lot of stuff into and to see people go ape shit and then the moment where you're like this is the part they're gonna go nuts and then boom it happens and they all go "Ah," and like gasp like audible gasp like that's that's a great feeling and like that's why i get into what i do because you want to experience that but like when you do tv you don't really get to see that as much anymore Mm -hmm. you don't get to see the oh my god they did that like i sometimes will like when when Walking Dead is on the air. I'll like watch the the Reddit thread or the live tweets of it and like people get excited and that's cool. That's really cool. I love doing that. So that was an amazing moment. And then get to see all my coworkers who are like, well, Aaron's got nothing to do. Do you want? I was like, no, actually I gotta go interview Kevin Eastman and um, uh, we're going to talk to try and get Frank Miller. And people are like, what? It's like, yeah, I have a podcast. (laughs) The Walking Dead is like the last thing I'm here to do. That was just a side thing. I'm here to do stuff. I remember there was a year where you flew in to an interview. Like yeah. I met, I think it was, we were at the sideshow booth and yep. you literally like walked into the interview after like a minute or two after we'd started it. And it was, I think a day where you literally only had one day or two days with us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I drove down on my own, which I am terrible at. Um, I can't drive for long periods of time without falling asleep. Like if I'm in the car for over an hour, <laughs> whether I'm driving or not. Yeah. It's fucked. Um, I'm just immediately conked out. So me driving down to San Diego was a, was a task. What a task. That was so hard. Uh, but I did it and it was great. It was so fun to roll up and do it. Like literally I'll be driving and like my mind will be like, Hey, Aaron, I'm like, what? Who's that? It's like, it's your eyes. I'm like, both of you? And they're like, yeah. Hey, one of us is going to close and we'll, we're going to get a nap. The other one will totally stay open. I'm like, <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> this, this makes sense. Okay. Okay. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Whoa, oh, oh my God, you said one of you was going to stay open. They're like, oh, we didn't pick who it was. So we both fell asleep. Sorry, Aaron. I'm like, eyes, come on. Okay. We'll try it again. And then, oh, oh, oh God, when you start hitting that rumble strip and you're like, oh God, okay, guys, you keep lying to me. Eyes lie the most. I'm just saying of, of all the body parts, like you think it'd be your junk. Nope. It's your eyes. Your eyes will lie to you nonstop. My hips don't lie. <laughs> um, Shakira joke. I remember <laughs> that's hardcore that you knew it was Shakira. I just knew it was a female singer um, <laughs> from a, from a genre of music. I don't know. Um, there was another photo series I did one year where it was me being spooned. Like I was the little spoon in a cuddle of bigger female slash feminine characters. Like I know there were two female Thors and they were giant women and I let them snuggle me. And there was one where it was a, a giant care bear, like furry costume. They snuggled me. I have to look and see who else it was. Uh, I think one of them was um, Hawk girl and she was this big roided out Hawk girl with big wings snuggle me and all my pictures i was snuggling <laughs> that's hilarious uh remember pink wookie oh yeah 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 and the and the 50 fabulous yeah um 
I, I love Pink Wookie so much. He's one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite Instagram accounts to follow, and one of my favorite cosplayers. Um, he's a giant Pink Wookie, and that's that's it. But he has like stickers that he passes out. Pink Wookie, I have him on some of my stuff, um, and and he travels with a team of cosplayers that dress in Star Wars, but all pink. So it's like the Five O Fabulous and. Um, Han Dangle was, was like yeah, yeah. a guy dressed as Lieutenant Dangle from Reno 911, but Han Solo. Han Solo so it's like, yeah. And, and pink. So it's just like, um, and like, uh, there's Admiral Pink Akbar who was obviously. Oh, that's pink, right. I forgot about Admiral that. Akbar. One. Yeah, that's like right. Every, I knew there was a year, third person. Every year they had more people there. One year there was a pink Twelic with them. Like they keep adding people to the five Oh fabulous. And it's just, it's just fun. What a fun crew. What about, do you and remember? He's got a great the, costume too. Cause the mouth moves when he's like, oh, the, of the Wookiee. Yeah. It's yeah. Real. it's one of those costumes. And this happens all the time, right? Where you walk over and you're like, Oh, can I get a picture? And because they stop moving, they get flooded. Right. Then yeah. suddenly they have to take 20 pictures in a row. Boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. Remember at the pavilion upstairs, we saw those mariachis. They were just like two white guy gringos dressed like mariachis in these big flowery capes. And they had little alcohol bottles all over them. And they were just fucking dancing. And they gave us like a wacky ass interview. And you guys really should, if you haven't, go back and listen to some of our Comic-Con stuff. Because I think it's, it's, it's very indicative of the show, right? I think we've done some amazing interviews, right? Diana Schutz, editor extraordinaire. Some of the stuff we talk about with her is fucking fantastic. The anecdotes and stuff that she has talking about how she bumped into, like stalked and bumped into Frank Miller on the street and he oh. recognized her from her name. It's from I mean, her name because she was writing into his comic book, giving him shit. Like being like, you could be better if you did this. Like, and why, she was why the only woman, right? and he wrecked. She's like, I wrote yeah. to you, and he's like, you must be Diana Schutz. It's just we do. We've done some amazing interviews uh, with uh, Anne Innocente, who is a huge Daredevil writer from the '90s, as well as a bunch of other things. Um, but we've we've done some of these interviews, and then also talked to these drunk ass mariachis. Um, there's been times where we've I've interviewed you after you choked on a hot dog. You know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> it runs the gamut of the launch pad, you know, like the truly prepared, oh, we, in-depth, we nerdy people, shit. If you're dressed in Star Wars, we give you a quiz like, oh, that's right. There was a whole year we were doing that. We were doing Star Wars quizzes to see who knew what. It's like if you're dressed in a Star Wars outfit, do you want to take the quiz? And surprisingly, nerd cred, people knew their shit, you know, for mm-hmm. the most part, um, you know, it's it, because it, it, it's like, you know, if, if you're going to spend that much money, though, you're going to know more than the average person, I think. Right. And I think our quiz was good because I think our quiz had a couple easy ones like yeah, yeah, name yeah. every like I would say, like name all three members of the or, uh, of the original Max Rebo band. I feel like that's a pretty easy question. Yeah. But then we had some tougher ones, you know, um, I bet you I still have that quiz somewhere. That That's <laughs> you pull it out. That yeah. was our first one, I think. Yeah, that was really fun. That was really fun. Holy shit. What are some. Fun. What give me a couple like standout moments of Comic Con for you? Oh man, oh sc- scoring exclusives is always a big like. Mm. I love it when I can like like walk toys up. and and like merchandise. You mean one of the things I'm so upset that I'm not getting is um, the NECA exclusive uh, thing toy that's at San Diego Comic Con. I didn't get it when they had their web sale, and I missed it when uh, you know I'm not gonna get it now. But scoring that. Um, Sideshow is always a highlight for me. Um, when we get to just going to, and browsing. No, no, no. When, when we when we go interview uh, Dave, Andy and Dave, yeah, Andy and Dave at Sideshow, they are hilarious. 
Um, <laughs> they're really funny. I always have to edit the shit out of that one because he's always like, oh, I probably shouldn't say that. on yeah. that. <laughs> Oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. And he's always like, can you edit that out? I don't want my company hearing me say that. Um, but I also love seeing the shit. And this year mm. I bought the bitchin Darth Vader on fire um, statue that will be coming. And th- at San Diego Comic-Con, they revealed the physical statue. So I could have gone oh. and seen the thing that will be sitting on my shelf uh, in the next couple of years, whenever they finally release it. But like seeing people taking footage of that and being like, I will own that. Mm. And it's like, I want to see it. I want to see how big it is. I want to touch it. Uh, you and me taking photos of me kissing predators was really funny. Um <laughs> There was a there was a That's bunch right. of ones where we did that, yeah. Because it was they were it was like a sideshow one to one predator head maquette, right? Like it was yeah, a, yeah. a bust, and I had you pretending a smooch each one. Yeah, there's like a bunch of photos of me smooching predators. Um, Again, like we've interviewed Eisner Award winning comic book creators, and also had you kissing neck uh, sideshow statues. Sideshow statues. <laughs> uh, meeting Godzilla was a huge one for me. Oh yeah, that was a good day. Um, so we went and we met with like the guy who's in charge of like Godzilla merchandise for America, Chris Mowry. Um, Chris Mowry. Yeah. Um, and he got distracted talking to us. I was like, Oh God, I got to show you this. And like whipped out pictures on his phone. It was a great moment in radio guys. Great moments. In radio. <laughs> it really was. And then he's like, I'll send you all these pictures and just disappear. And never, never wrote us back. Has never talked to us again. Um, the funniest thing about that though, it's like, it's literally, uh, I, I had to edit the shit out of it because it would have been just this. And here's my cool poster. Oh, whoa, oh. Whoa. <laughs> And he's like, and this one, Remember oh, this toy? yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just like me and Matt, like just gushing <laughs> all over his collection. And that happens to us sometimes. Like he, like Zeb Wells is a good example. Dave Gibbons does it too. We're like, it starts as an interview, but then just turns into nerding out. And it's nerding no out, longer yeah. like they're on one side of a table and we're on the other. It just feels like we're fucking nerding out. And I think again, that's part of the magic of Comic-Con. Cause I think a lot of people who go there, even creators, are there because it's fun and they love that shit, you know, and that, or at least those are the best people to talk to, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but then we got to, he's like, Hey, you guys want to cut the line and see the Godzilla costume. It was the Godzilla costume from Godzilla 2000. Um, bitch. One of my favorite looking costumes. It's a really cool, mean looking Godzilla. It's a cool iteration of it. Not the best movie, but a really cool costume. Mm. Um, getting to see the actual suit was like, Whoa. Because you uh, and I love practical effects. We specifically love, love that character and yeah. franchise. Cutting that line is always a really cool feeling, right? <laughs> yeah. Let these douchebags with microphones cut everybody in line. Everybody's mad at you and you're like, <laughs> podcast. Sorry, we're um, famous. <laughs> and uh, I was surprised how small the costume was. Because like mm-hmm. Godzilla, like he looks like he's, you know, 30 You thought he was tall. like 30 or 40 something stories tall. Yeah, but I really did. Thought, lo and behold, I, it was human size. <laughs> Uh, smaller in human size, but it makes sense. Like, you know, to, to, you want the smallest, you want the ratio that fits the smallest amount of costume you have to build sure. to the size of buildings. Cause if you had a really big person, you're going to have to build bigger buildings. So it's right. like, we want to build the smallest buildings to look realistic and have the biggest costume to look realistic to those buildings. So it's like, they found a nice sweet spot for it, you know? Mm. Um, and, and it's like, but also then you realize like, when you watch Godzilla like sloshing through the water in this costume, like that must be horrifying because you're blind and you're like, if I fall down, they don't pick me up in time. I'm going to drown in this thing. <laughs> I've, jumped, I've, I've had to jump into multiple pools wearing a or into a pool multiple times wearing a costume like that where you're like, you can't see. Yeah. And your your mouth is covered with foam. So it's imagine like if you had a sponge, like a dish sponge 
over your mouth underwater. Because then what happens is when you come up from when your head is above water, you still have a wet sponge in front of your face. So you can't breathe right away. You have to wait a second before or after you, you know, unsubmerge from the water. It's it fucks with your mind, but it's fun. That's intense. Um, Yeah. What else do I love from Comic-Con? Um, I don't know, man. It's always, it's always good. I love the days where you're like, I'm going to go to artist alley and I'm like, great. I'm going to fuck off. And I go and get really lost. And I like find like really weird things in the depth. And you're like, is anybody else seeing this booth? Like, <laughs> is anybody else? It's like an old, this? an old Asian man is like, come McLean. And you're like me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then, no, but then you, you show like, you're like Matt. You got to come see this booth, and I go back, and I'm like, that booth has been vacant for 20 years. Exactly. <laughs> I, but I love finding the weird stuff that you can find that you're like, man, this is actually, or like the toys. Like I've been able to find really cool, uh, like one-off um, toys. I got my uh, my Ed 209. I got I got one of my um, really cool uh, RoboCops. Like the, you know, I always we were with, hunting for that RoboCop. I remember that. Yeah, and and I, I was like, I was trying to get a deal on it. Um, you know, you always find weird bootleg DVDs. Like there's always just something cool to find. And I love mm. like, you know, I, like I said, I'm not the biggest art collector, but I love pouring through it. And like, we went and found, um, Oh, who's the guy who does Shaolin cowboy. <coughs> oh, Jeff Darrow. Jeff Darrow. Uh, we're sitting at his booth and he's just there. He's like, Hey guys, what's going on? It's like mm-hmm. Jeff Darrow sitting right here. You want to do an interview? He's like, no, not really. And we're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> that, was, that was funny. He didn't want to do an interview, but then, um, but like looking at his art, like, real art is fucking incredible i have one of my best comic cons was the one that sadly cousin mike couldn't come to but you came for i think the whole thing and i think you and i had different hotel rooms because of the logistics oh yeah but we walked in we're doing all this great stuff i went to a a really exclusive art dealer and he had all these frank miller prelims from dark knight returns and I fell in love with them. And I actually had been amassing a war chest to buy a Frank Miller piece. And I'm talking like thousands of dollars. And these pieces were significantly cheaper. And it was Dark Knight Returns, which if I could have one type of Frank Miller, that's what I'd want. And it was Dark Knight Returns, not Dark Knight Strikes Back. I can go into a whole thing about that. But I remember we're looking and I'm like, shit, man, that's great. But it was the first day. And I was like, I'm going to think about that. And I didn't think about anything else. We had interviews. We went to parties that night. And the whole time I'm like, I hope that piece didn't sell. I hope that piece didn't sell. Oh, I hope that piece didn't sell. And I woke up the next morning and was like, Rumi, I got to go there first because I was now worried that they sold that piece. And when I got there, they sold it. Oh, and and it's one and it's on the wall. And it is one of those things that literally every time I look at it, I fucking smile. I'm so happy to own that. I got that. And I got a Dylan Punisher from him the same day. But like, that was one of those like amazing acquisitions. And we had great interviews. I got some other great stuff. Nothing was cooler than that. And I'm just so fucking happy and proud to have that. This is also um, the first year where I feel like if I went, I would have had been able to like pick something really awesome. Like art wise, or yeah, if I had gone this year, because again, like I'm better. Like when the first year I went, I had no money. I'm still living paycheck to paycheck. Like now it's mm-hmm. like I'm pretty comfortable. And I think, You're I could, human. Like, yeah, I think I could actually like find something cool and bring it home if I wanted to. Um, I always find the coolest t shirts there. Like I still have this thing t shirt that's all like pink and red and, and purple. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. People, every time I wear it, people are like, that shirt is bitchy. And I was like, oh, that's the thing, you know, and like I've never even heard of it, but that shirt is amazing. Um, like I, I love wearing that shirt. Um, every year yeah. I try to premiere a shirt. Cause I get off thinking that I'm the only person that has a specific shirt. And you know, I love the costume shirts, right? 
and I love to have one that nobody else has. Uh, and I've done that. A co- let me times. let me explain a costume shirt real quick. You guys <laughs> have all seen the one that looks like you're wearing a tuxedo, but it's not. It's a t-shirt tee. That's what Matt's talking about when he says a costume t-shirt. But it's like you're not actually Wolverine. You're just wearing a hoodie that looks like Wolverine, or like a right. hoodie that looks like like or like a blue t-shirt that's got the spider uh, the Superman emblem on the chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like that's that's fucking cool. I have. Um, Is it? I love it. It's my, it's the, the only fucking shirts I wear. And I, I, like, thing for sure. I don't, but I don't want to get just Superman. I want to get Bizarro or I want to get, um, um, uh, what's it called? The justice, uh, was it justice? Um, injustice Superman. Like I want the ones that are off the beaten path. Dang. Uh, I got specifically a, like from Etsy or something. I got a David Finch, Moon Knight shirt. I don't even know if I showed you this or told you this, but I cut holes in it and had my friend Nicole sew flesh colored fabric behind it. So when I wear it, it looks all ripped up and like you can see my chest, but it's not really my chest. So I think it's appropriate to wear in an elementary school. You Even though everyone have, says, why do you bought, have rips? Here's what you should have done. You should have bought one of those like ripped chest t-shirts. That, like, I thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then worn that on top of it. I thought about it, but I thought it'd be too big. It too many shirts. Um, but like that's, I, I love to wear those for the first time at Comic-Con and be like, look at me, everybody. And only once did I do that. And someone else the same day had the same shirt. And I'm like, damn it. And I know I might not be the only, like this one I made. So probably it's just me, but like bullseye I wore one year and someone else later in the con had it. And I was like, oh, lame. Uh, I just, I just got one for me and my friend, friend of the show, Steve Prince, we always pretend like we're not the biggest fucking nerds in the room. And we always are. I got him a shirt that says Superman and it says Superman in the nineties animated series, Spider-Man font. And it's got <laughs> Batman crouching on top of it. So it's all three references swapped. It's fucking, I, I laughed out loud when I saw it. So I was like, that, all right, I got to buy one. of those. That's something my wife would t- do as a joke. And when I tried to protest, she'd be like, gotcha, bitch. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Cause she'll, she'll be like, Oh, are we good? Yeah. Um, Cause I was excited about like uh Halloween, uh, Halloween kills or something. And she's like, yeah, that Jason Voorhees. And I turned around like, other and she just had this look on your face. Like, got you. I got you. So I was like, damn it. Except in the third one. Kent, Kent is super into Spider-Man right now. And he's yep. just kind of discovered black Spider-Man. And he's like, a man is like, that's Venom. I was like, no, Venom is a different character. She's like, but that's Venom, right? I was like, no. That's Spider-Man, but he's got a suit on. And I start to explain it as like, it's an alien. So he's got an alien costume. She goes, is the alien costume Venom? I said, technically, no, he has to go on a different guy and they become Venom. She's like, all I want to know is if it's Venom. And I was like, babe, just say yes. Yes, it is. Venom. It is Venom. It, it hundred Like, that's not like it is Venom. It's not Venom yet. It's but it is Venom. It's like, almost it's gonna, Venom. Uh, but the symbiote. Pre-Venom. The symbiote is called Venom. Like that's he picked that name. It's not like Eddie Brock was like, "Hey, my name's Venom." Like the symbiote was like, I, think so? I am Venom. Why do you think all the symbiotes have like weird names about poison? They pick their own names because they're fucking copycats. Yeah, exactly. They pick their own names. <laughs> yeah, Venom. Venom's a, his own beast, man. It's it's a sentient creature. Um, and he was just mad that Spider Man didn't want him. Speaking of. Uh, you, do you remember the comic series that uh, Black Suit Spider-Man first appears in? Secret Wars? Yeah. Did you just see or that they announced, they announced Secret Wars as the 
seventh Avengers film or whatever. <laughs> like it's going to be in phase no. six. Interesting. Yeah. So they're doing uh, Dynasty of Kang, which is a Kang the Conqueror thing. Uh, Fantastic Four, Dynasty of Kang, uh, and then uh, Avengers Secret War, which hmm. I'll wait till I'm be cool. 48 to see those movies. I know. Um, but uh, the Secret War is one of those weird ones that shouldn't work, but it does. It's actually like a pretty it's good just series. Fun. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is. Um, talking about all those phases, Hall H. So at Comic-Con, there's different, you can buy a pass to get in, right? Yeah. When you work in an industry or in a tangent industry, you can register as a professional and there's like a verification process that they do. I've always been a, a professional. And then now that we have the podcast, we can register as press so you can get these complimentary badges. The badges that you get for any of those things don't really entitle you to anything special, except it's complimentary. So Rumi and I have press badges. If you bought your badge, there's no real difference between what we can or cannot get into, except certain events have a press line or a press membership. Or, you know, if you are a a, a comic or a publisher or a, a manager or whatever, you get all the press contact lists. So you could reach out to us to try to uh, schedule email uh, interviews and shit. I get spammed all Ridiculous. day. It's a ton of stuff. So but like emails. I comb yeah. through that because every once in a while, there's a Lou Ferrigno or something like that mixed in with indie publishers that, you know, aren't necessarily our audience or whatever, but yeah. you don't, you, you, it, as a professional, there's something called a professional lounge, which is literally just like a small meeting room with tables and lemonade and water where you could like sit down and rest your legs. It's yeah. a regular Joe couldn't get in there. That's all professionals get that regular people don't. Yeah. And the press, I don't think I've ever been in it, but there is a press room, which I think is supposed to be so that you can upload articles and stuff like that. I think it's, it's, got, like it's a got its own Wi-Fi news yeah. hub. Right. So, but like, we don't need to do that because we don't usually do that from the con anyway. So those badges don't necessarily get us into anything special. The only thing it might work, and I've done this before where you're like, oh no, I'm press. And as long as the person I'm telling that to doesn't realize I'm not supposed to be doing that, sometimes they let you through shit. But like, that usually doesn't happen. There was a year, me, Mike, and Gary, who's Mike's friend, we were walking next to Hall H and all we wanted to do was get back into the exhibition floor, like the actual floor of the con. We weren't trying to get into anything. We just wanted to get into the building. But they do these big like traffic stops where they stop, you know, pedestrian thing to let Hall H in because it's this massive movement of people. So we're like waiting and we see a door that's open and there's a security woman standing there. So we're like, oh, let's just walk in there. We'll get through that way. That way we won't have to wait for this line to move. So we walk in there and we hold up our badges and she looks real quick and she's like, you guys know the deal, right? We're like, yep. We walk in and we're in fucking Hall H. And we're like, whoa, we just accidentally took the best wrong turn ever. We didn't mean to go in, but now we're like, we're stuck in there because like we don't want to leave because it's Hall H. So we just pop a squat and it was WB's release schedule for the year including Batman versus Superman Dawn and Justice with the ex- the first extended trailer. So it's not necessarily anything that I necessarily like really cared about, cared about, but it was pretty, like you said, it's pretty cool to sit there with a bunch of people who are shitting themselves about seeing and, that. And you just walked into the room that people literally camp on the street and shit themselves. With. Right. So there was two or three, there was, there was three people outside who couldn't come in there, because we there, accidentally walked yeah, in. There are literally stories about people wearing diapers so they didn't have to leave line to go see Hall H, which is Crazy. stupid. 
Uh, yeah, I was really bummed that I missed uh, missed the Hall H stuff this year for uh, Walking Dead. Um, I saw that uh, Hio de Santo, uh, El Hio de Santo, the son of Santo, was there. Um, I'm a huge Mexican luchador fan. I love Santo movies, Blue Demon movies, uh, Teneblas. I love that stuff. And he was there this year, and it was awesome because he's wearing his, his, his the, the, the silver mask. That he never takes off, but he also had like a silver uh, like medical mask covering so like you know <laughs> he was covid compliant that's that pretty good bad ass it's like santo's there and like again i know it's not the original santo but that's still like meeting batman even if it is dick grace and batman i still get mm. to meet batman you know even if it is the nightwing taking over the cow i'm still still meeting him that's fucking cool right like yeah. i would have loved to met him um the last podcast and last had a boot they were going to be there in public and i could have gone and bothered them that would have been awesome i want to bother those guys it's, it's, that's my your your favorite podcast, favorite podcast, man. They're like the Nas podcast. They're having a podcast right now, and they're like, "Oh, good thing not all those idiots came and bothered us." I know, right? Um, yeah, a lot of things. That you I know like. what I love to do that we usually, and I think this speaks to our roominess, is, and I was looking through these the other day. There's all these beautiful, cool, nerdy photo ops, right? Like uh, there, yeah. there was one one year when one of the star, the new Star Wars movies was coming out, and there's this like blue lightsaber, a Luke's lightsaber, or I guess Ray's lightsaber, suspended <laughs> in the air, and you're supposed to go under it and hold it above your head, and your friend takes a picture of you. Me and Rumi do shit like that, where like one of us lays down on the table in front of that, so it looks like he's about to get cut in half. There was one with Mjolnir, Thor's hammer. And we set it up so that one of us was holding it and the other one was getting clocked in the face with it. Um, And like some of those are real photo ops. What about the fucking, um, it was the land speeder. Land speeder. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. And me trying to climb into it. And the person who runs the booth like, no. Yeah. It was like, it was, it was a pedal or a battery operated Luke's land speeder from a new hope. And it was literally, we were like, (laughs) we said like, is this just for children? And they were like, Yes. Like, yes, you fucking idiots. Look how big it is. And then I was like, well, could he put one foot like he's going to go in and you act like you're going to stop him? And, you know, they laugh because like, how often does someone get asked that? So they're like, yeah. So we have these pictures of these two women telling Rumi to stop and grabbing him as he's trying to get into this tiny ass land speeder. Um, I love that shit. How about when we walk past Beyblade, which is like a tops battling thing, and they had children like battling tops, and you and me were like trying to get some action going there. We're like uh, five dollars on, on the block, <laughs> five dollars who wants it, and just like trying to get trying to get like an adult and like some guys like that's my son, and you're like, uh, yeah, well, if, do you believe in he him? can make us some? He can both make us both some money. Yeah, do you believe in him? Hook me up. With some <laughs> cash, where that money? Yeah, you got to put your money where you, your mouth is. Like <laughs> nobody, nobody took nobody, nobody that picked shit, me up on that on that, that day blade action. Is funny. That's um, you know. <laughs> oh my god! The time, the time that I went and saw the Alex Ross Universal Monster painting, mm. and they had a they had like a little like uh, museum. I don't know. It was, it was like a, a gallery. That's how his that's how his booth is every year. It's it literally is a gallery. gallery you could walk and you through. walk through it, and it was these gorgeous, gorgeous. And I made such a big deal about how much I love these paintings. And my wife has bought me three of them so far. Like Prince. Prince. Yeah. Oh, yeah I was like, not, oh, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> not the original, but I mean, the prints are expensive. There's only 50 of them. 
this is a this is well this is a giclée but it's still a print and it's like yeah yeah there's there, 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 giclées they're, they're giclées prints of the uh universal monster one so they have paint on them and they're signed by him and there's right there's there's only like 50 of them there's not that many beautiful this so, this is an alex ross right here and this yeah. is one of the few non-original pieces I have. And it, like Rumi says, if you look close, you could see the layers of paint on it because the giclée is one of the most authentic recreation methods for uh, reproducing an art. I have Frankenstein creature from the Black Lagoon. And then I, uh, the, the one she got me this year for Christmas was the, uh, the, the, the big like compilation where all the monsters are like fucking people up, like That's throwing dudes in the cool. air and I'm like, I still gotta get that one framed, but it's gotten to the point where like the frames cost almost more than the painting does, and you're like, mm -hmm. oh. so like I have I have like a whole stack of things I need to get framed, but it's like, oh god, framing so expensive. <laughs> wah, yeah. wah, wah. <laughs> I have so much pitching art, I don't know what to do with it. Wee. Oh god, yeah. This is well. This has been cathartic, like. Yeah, I, I will probably now. now go take a bath and cry in it because I'll think about all these things that we just talked about that we're not doing. But what about when we went to the dance party and I was like, dance my ass off? Yeah, I've never been to a party before or after that. I, well, let me think. I've never been to a dance party before or after that. But not only is that one of my favorite Comic Con things I've ever done, that is by far, I'll say, top five roomy things to watch you just fucking dance. If you guys have never seen Aaron dance before, it, it's not that he's a bad dancer. It's just like, I'm not a good dancer, but I dance with a band. That's, that's what it is. I, I mean, I, complete I, abandon. I don't think I've yeah. ever watched someone have more fun dancing. I, than I, Rumi. I let the music take me. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, I don't know where it's going to take me. And I've never been trained in how to let the music take me, but I let it take I have pictures and also visual memories of the people around you watching you dance. And it's just like, like, I think Rumi is a very fun person and I think he's almost infectiously fun. And when you watch and hang out with him, you can't help but have a good time. It's part of why I love him. That shit happens on the dance floor too. <laughs> oh yes. Just, just wild. And then people don't know whether to like be afraid or like cheer or join in, you know, why not? Uh, Shit, you know what I just remembered? Mm. Rachel too. Remember our other intern, Rachel yeah, too, who Rachel we'd always too? hook up with? Yeah, she showed Let's up. See what yeah, she's she up to. She was having fun. Um, she was an intern at uh, Creature. Uh, what was I doing? Not Creature Effects. B two effects when I was doing yeah. Grim, and then she was working at some place doing makeup there, and we hooked up while we were down there. And she was one of those like, "Yes, I'll hold the the recorder and take pictures of you guys while you're interviewing and doing stuff." That might have even been the first year. And she just turned into one of those things where every year I would meet her. I think she even came to the to the auction one year. She's a cool little, she's a cool, tiny little chick. She like weighs four pounds. She's funny as hell. And she was like, just down to clown, like whatever you guys, whatever, like yeah. whatever we were doing. She's like, okay. Yeah. We had some fun, man. That was really good. Good times. Uh, I, I yeah, the, the, the party was good. Remember when we ran to the guy who played green arrow and, yeah, we're like, and we were like, can we take a picture? And his girlfriend was like, sure. Yeah. And he, Oh no. Did he say yes? And she no. said, no, she said, yeah, come here, come here. And he's like, no, and he was uh, drunk as uh, fuck. Uh, yeah, you could tell that she was like, "Oh yeah, totally." And he was like, "Yeah, uh, we probably could have uh, got more than a picture out of the deal." Uh, I couldn't know, and like, I get it, I get it. You don't want to be that guy who like takes a picture and he's like, and like totally wreck, really wreck. But it was funny, and like, I'm not even mad about it, like, because I think he would have if he wasn't trash. <laughs> oh yeah, and he was Trezash. He was not uh, Robin Hooding anything that night. No. <laughs> yeah, he, 
<laughs> I want you to do that William Tell trick. I want you to shoot an apple off my head. And he's like, right. she would have been like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the girl. Yeah. <laughs> we were, that was when we were, I think we were on our way to or from the dance party and they were walking out of another party. I got to tell you my favorite Comic-Con moment ever. Um, do you remember when we, we met a fan there? Like somebody who's like, yeah, I came down here and I knew yes. you guys were around and it's like, I gotta say hi. And it was like, was it, what? was it Brian Ivanhoe? It was Brian Ivanhoe. Yeah. 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 Big That's shout out right. to that guy. He was, he's the first time we've ever met a fan in public. Cause like, because we shoot remotely and do all this remote stuff, like we were together and it was, it was that we were, we were, we had just finished up, um, famous or doing For famous our monsters. first famous monsters. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, Oh, Hey, I, I, I was here to see you guys. It was like, what? And it like blew us, blew us away. Cause we had never, like we had never met somebody in public that was like, I know who you guys are. And, was like, and we kind of knew him cause he's a pretty vocal fan. He comments on stuff yeah, and, and responds up. to stuff and everything. So we knew him from social media and stuff, but to see him in person and be like, Hey guys, I'm Brian Ivanhoe. We were like, ah, how cool. And he's like, you guys have met fans before, right? And we're like, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was the first time. In, in, that was cool. I, I, that that hadn't been over the internet through social media. It was really fun, and that was really cool. Uh, since then, uh, yeah, we we I met a few. I was on set once, and uh, somebody knew my podcast, and they're like, "Oh man, Ruby from the Lunchpad." It was Josh Rizzo who ended up making his own uh, podcast. Um, shout out to that guy uh, and and Benji too. Um, but. It was so funny because my boss was there and like, what the literal fuck is happening right now? You have fans? <laughs> He's like, I just thought you had like a bullshit thing that you and your buddies did. I was like, I was you're like, not incorrect, but <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, but people listen and people like Dick Pizza. What am I gonna <laughs> yeah. dude? That was also I forgot because we that was our first panel, which yeah. we were writing, like you know, it was what it was, but we loved it and it worked and it was packed. We yeah. met our fan, then you had to leave. You went somewhere, me and Mike helped Phil from Famous Monsters drag all this equipment way the fuck down. And then they had an after party. At the after party, I was able to hook up with um, Roger Jackson and confirm. He called me and confirmed that we could fuck with you the following week or two for Scream. Then I went back to the after party and I'm fucking flying. So excited. And our first panel with Famous Monsters was largely about a comic book that they were producing. Yeah. And the artist was there and I was talking with him and I was like, yeah, you know, I like your style. I like what you're doing. And it, I, he was like, well, he clearly was testing me and he was like, what do you like about it? I was like, well, I like how you use the shadows. Like, in, for instance, in the page that you did with the car for this one, it kind of is similar to the last comic book you did where you did this. And he I could see him be like, you actually know what I've done before you looked it up. So I'm talking about it. And he thought I think he thought I was blowing smoke up his ass about, oh, yeah, your art is good. But I was like, no, I like how you did this. The style fits because of this. And like you did before, he was like, that's it. I'm putting you guys in the comic. And me, you and Mike are now in the nice comic because of that. Yeah. I was like, it was just a great fucking night. It was so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool that through this podcast and through Comic-Con, we've been in several comic books. Yep. <laughs> I'm bucking a buddy at Marvel to put me in a comic book. And I'm like, please, it's a dream to be in a comic. He's like, haven't you already been in like four comics? I was like, yeah, but not a Marvel or a DC. I want to get in Marvel or DC. It's like, but I have been in a couple comics before. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's fucking great. We're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, as bummed as I was, I'm happy now in a good mood. It's going to be great. Um, guys, if you went to Comic-Con uh, and you want to sell me your NECA uh, con exclusive, hit me up. Uh, hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod and our website, launchpadpod.com. 
Rumi, let's uh, blast this thing off. <sighs> if you guys are still at the con, have fun. Yeah, drive safe, fly safe, get home safe. And uh, let us know your spoils. Tell us what you saw. Did you sleep in line? Did you wear a diaper to all Let Did you get know. farted in your face while waiting in line? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know you've made it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're the Rocketeers and we are out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three.